Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Back to the Sales World Channel and iHealth Radio, as well as with your host, Hurricane H. As always, you know, I try to bring you some awesome guests and, and topics. And today's topic, again, we're in the theme of business. Uh, while it may not be related to health, business affects health big time. And we've always talked about that, you know, in previous shows. But really, we're going to talk about a concept, you know, with uh, just just someone that's that's amazing that I have today for you. Uh, it's someone that, that worked and just like most of us, you know, in the government and so on and so forth, but took a journey to success, um, created a company that made it to the 500, you know, uh, in the nation, top 500 companies, a fortune 500. That's pretty loud. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, and, I, and as I said earlier to him, I am humbled and privileged and honored to have him with me on the show today and to get his wisdom and to share with you guys, as you watch and listen, uh, some some good nuggets that can help you guide your, I guess, your future and, and and establish a better life. So with me, without any further ado, I have Tyler Horsley. Uh, he's a CEO. He's an investor. He's a private equity business growth advisor, uh, board member, speaker. He's an, you know, as I said, 500 company, you know, uh, fortune company, uh, I guess, uh, made that. He's a philanthropist and so AI builder. I mean, here's a lot of stuff. And, you know, I can list the whole, enumerate all these things and they sound great and they are great, but there's no one that can give us more uh, depth into that, you know, other than Tyler. Tyler, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. I'd add that I also love pizza, just to throw it off there a little bit. <laughs> I, is there anyone who doesn't? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, man. I think pizza is, is, a, is a universal food. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, listen, welcome, man. Welcome. And really, this is awesome to have you on. And um, really, I mean, uh, there's so much stuff that we're going to be talking about today in terms of business, opportunity. Um, and but but let's do first things first as always. Let's start with your journey because, you know, you were you work for the federal government for you know a period of time. So so let's start with like you know your journey from I guess the beginning, how you got into the federal government, how you got out of the federal government, why, and then what took you into the business world and and how you thrived in and, and how you did and what you do today to help people do the same and grow their businesses. Sure. Yeah, you got it. Uh, my my journey is a random one. So um, I feel, and this isn't a good thing, back to health, <laughs> I feel as if I've lived three lives already. And um, so maybe in my mind, or at least my body, sometimes I feel like I'm at least in my late 50s or early 60s. I'm only 36. So I don't think that's a good thing. But um, <laughs> the uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, you you look you look young and healthy and everything. So uh, I, I hope that everything else is functioning well. But oh yeah, but, so that that's all that matters, dude. You 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 you're just being humble. I mean, you look the age and you're 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 there. So don't worry about it. Yeah, let, that, let the age be our problem. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, I guess in in just related to health stuff too, I'll kind of integrate this uh, as well. Just. Um, to your point, and I say just even before I dive in, there's a lot of qualifiers that people have when they come on shows. Um, you know, I've listened to episodes of yours and more, and, and to your point, happy we're finally able to schedule. Um, but outside of qualifiers, there is, um, you know, a lot of experience and pain. And some of that pain, you know, certainly has a toll on, on health, mental health, you know, physical health, you name it. And so just kind of walking you through my story, I'll include all of those, not just the shiny objects, but um, I started out in federal law enforcement, followed my dad's footsteps. So he worked uh, for D Department of Homeland Security. Um, I ended up becoming a federal officer with DHS as well, worked for the IRS, which was not fun at all in any way. Um, and uh, you, yeah, I don't imagine a lot of people out there think highly of those folks either. It's It's even worse working there. So... Love my coworkers and, and some of my managers, but anyway, I'll, I'll move on. Uh, and then I finished that segment of my first career in life in um, a military contracting group. And so uh, we did contracting for the United States government and I just worked in logistics. I was not jumping out of helicopters or doing anything uh, crazy like that. Um, and basically had a health, um, you know, nuclear bomb hit my life. And I had a almost complete adrenal failure. And so anybody who is familiar with that adrenal fatigue and more, you know, and this is the part where, you know, um, everybody becomes a hypochondriac, but I mean, it's, you know, issues with regulating heat, uh, heart rate, panic attacks, brain fog galore. And I didn't really know what was going on. And what I found out later, I was burning the candle at both ends, um, working, you know, Genuinely, you know, working my full-time job and then I work at a restaurant at night and more. And that's kind of how I've been since I was a kid, uh, you know, product of my environment and being being raised. It was performance-driven. wasn't a bad thing, obviously. Uh, but there's some uh, basically, uh, you know, downsides that come with that. So fast forward, I thought it'd be good to get into a different field where I could still leverage computer skills, investigative skills and more. Found myself in digital marketing uh, which I know is a an odd jump, but I was able to deconstruct competitors, figure out how this really works on the back end, and then ultimately work remotely anywhere, not have to wear a badge and go into an office or anything, uh, but actually help business owners grow. And I've always kind of had the gift of gab, so to speak. I like talking, and so uh, <laughs> <it's> sales. <laughs> and so I was like, great, you know, this these business uh, circles far more interesting and entertaining, and I, I felt at home, and so. I grew nuclear networking with a couple partners in a basement up by Boulder, Colorado. We were broke. We did the ramen thing. I mean, all your cliche, stereotypical startup stories, that was us. And uh, ended up, you know, growing it 100% year over year. And as you mentioned in my in, in the intro, hit the uh, top 5% on the Inc. 5000 list. And yeah, so here, here we are. I got to take a break. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff there. So yeah. I want to dissect it, man, you know, because there's so much stuff there that's packed in, in that brief description of your journey to date. But uh, first of all, it's a lot. You, you said you gave the age of 36. That's 
a lot of achievement, I would say, uh, you know, for, you know, not, not even mid-age. I mean, that's still young age. I mean, you haven't hit the 40s, Mark. <laughs> that's when you get the whole crisis, right? So that's a lot of good stuff, right? You're 40 and, you know, uh, what is it? 30 under 30, 40 under 40. You're sure. still that, that big mark and sure. you probably can make that as well. Um, so first of all, uh, you talked about your, we're going to talk about the career path, but but the idea of your health, right? right. And the element of working too much, double. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this is, a topic that uh, people sometimes ignore work life balance is is a critical thing right and we all make that mistake because we have ambition and sometimes we just have bills <laughs> you know and yeah. we have to work right and what what happens with that thing is that we do a lot of work and we put in a lot of hours and sometimes we don't eat well we don't rest well we do everything wrong to our bodies and sometimes you do the business of eating junk and and all the bad stuff yeah. bad decisions right and ultimately, it impacts your health. And so, so for our audiences, you know, this is something that we all have to be aware of. Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what path you want to choose. You know, you got to take care of this, right? Mind, and body. I mean, these things have to happen together, otherwise, you're going to have an issue. Now, when you talk about real failure, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, it's it's bad. I mean, it could be really. Uh, yeah. Did I say really? <laughs> you know. Uh, um, I forgot the, the term you used. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adrenal failure. Yeah. Adrenal. There you go. I, I don't yeah. know why adrenaline, but, you know, I guess the, the excitement, right? <laughs> adrenal. Yeah. So so basically your glands and all the stuff is, is you know, controlling things are just off whack and that's a problem, right? And so we don't want that, folks, right? You want to work, you want to succeed, but you do not want it to have an impact on your health. And and you obviously made a choice, a decent choice to, to take care of yourself and transit to something right. that's going to take you to the next level that you did. But now, now I want to go back to your um, federal, you know, journey and you work for the federal government. I mean, that's great. And thank you for the service there because that's, you know, Homeland Security is big. We want that to happen, right? Um, now, now you mentioned the IRS. I, I'm pretty sure you learned some few tricks. <laughs> so that, that, there's, there's always a learning experience. So we're going to take the positive of it. Uh, you know, we do not thank you for that service. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Nah, listen, I mean. <laughs> somebody's got to pay the bills, right? You know, yeah. somebody's got to watch the funding, right? But, but you know, I know they're, they're brutal and they, they take care of business and that's, that's, that's part of it, right? You got to pay your, your dues, your taxes, right? But, you know, and then without going <laughs> on a negative path, but, but the idea is I'm sure that it, it's as an experience, you picked up a lot of things there that does help because IRS is taxes, is, high, you know, all mm-hmm. the loopholes and the good things and the bad things. You will know the tricks better than most of us. Therefore, you can apply some of those things. And that's important, right? That's intelligence. So, so I'll take all that, you know, any given day as an experience and, and expertise. Uh, so, so that's that. And um, I, I love the idea you said that your family, you know, you, you, that is in law enforcement and therefore you actually joined and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, again, that's admirable and uh, you did it. Um, but again, you did it. Normally people don't leave the federal government because right. you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's 25 years. I forget. I think that's what it yeah. is. Right? You have to work. Yeah. So you did an early cutoff and you just, <laughs> you know, walked out of it, uh, which, which is fine. I mean, it's not for everyone. It is, it can be painful. Now, now you said, you mentioned uh, government contracting. Mm-hmm. you know and so so and logistics most people will think you know we have you know some wars and and we have government contractors and things like that right. and defense contracts and so so that could be also an interesting you know job in its own 
and I love what you said. We're not jumping off helicopters and planes and stuff. You're doing your thing, you know, and doing the logistics, which logistics stuff can be a painful thing. But again, mm -hmm. these are all things that you've gained expertise with um, mm -hmm. that you were able to apply in, in the next phase of your life, which got you to where you are today. <clears throat> I love what you said about you. You started with a bunch of friends. And I, I love the work. I mean, you throw that that first. You said I, I had a nuclear bomb that hit my health, yeah. but then I, because because the, the word nuclear remains with you live, <laughs> right. and and you created net, network uh, nuclear networking. And so mm -hmm. so we're gonna talk about what that that does. And you know, we talked about digital marketing, uh, but that's that's an important piece. Like you figured out there is a need out there, and we can help people. And you were able to break that down with a bunch of friends right. and create an opportunity. This right. opportunity is helping opportunities create themselves now and grow be bigger and, and better, right? So, so, so let's talk about that. Well, why the idea? I mean, digital marketing. You did say that you transited, you know, and it was a leap of an idea. I mean, but that's like completely odd. Well, what mm -hmm. gives? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is an odd jump. Um, I think that it kind of catered to. I have um, maybe more of like a mischievous profile, but I was raised with good values, so I use that for good. But I. I like to find out why things work and kind of push buttons a little bit. And that's what, what sparked interest around investigations. It's like trying to solve problems and not just puzzles, but like people. <laughs> and so that's why I got into profiling and worked in the government and did those things. But I could actually, uh, this was this was far more fun, right? It's like I can use a lot of the the profiling metrics and, and just some of those uh, skill sets that I learned and or polished and uh, leverage those to help people win and, and grow their business and uh, positively impact other people's lives, um, nonprofits as well, right? Because they they have a big heart to give, but there's not a lot of seasoned business people in the nonprofit world. And so we're kind of able to add value there. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, so I, I think it's a mix of that um, as well as the ability to work from home at the time, just because of the health stuff. And uh, that was definitely a blessing in disguise. I know it's kind of, it doesn't feel like that at the time when you get smacked in the head, you know, and, and life stops, comes to a screeching halt because everything I had worked for prior stopped. Like I, I had to quit uh, because I couldn't actually cognitively, um, you know, do do the job that was required at the time uh, because I was in the, the bottom of the health curve there until I recovered. Uh, but by the time I had recovered, I didn't have the interest and the the business uh, appetite and the ability to kind of grow and in the affirmation that I received, not from other people, but just the the successes that I had seen in business. I'm like, wow, I'm I am like built for this. This is strange because I didn't go to school for this at all. And so, yeah, related to the the word nuclear networking, I actually worked with a futurist, Tom Fry. He's a kind of a family friend. He's out of Colorado here. And we were just going through, and this was, man, this was like years before I actually created the company. And I was just kind of visioning, like, I want to, I feel like I need to start a company at some point and I, it needs to be powerful, but it needs to be, you know, network defines net worth. And in a transactional society, I want to speak to relationships. And, and so we came up with the name and bought the domain and who knew, you know, 10 plus years later, I would be, you know, building an organization and actually selling it to private equity. So pretty cool. Well, listen, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a success story. Uh, and and I, I love what you said about you hit a certain bottom level in terms of your health. You had to stop for a lot of people that could be the, the, the point of no return. 
you know, sometimes, and then again, for our audiences, we want to give them the, the feel that no matter what happens, no matter how bad things can get, just know that there is, again, light at the end of the tunnel. You right. can, if you look at it right away, you know, and you don't just, you know, give up, uh, you should be able to, you know, just come right up, you know, and the other side with, with a victory moment, right? And and you just did that, right? And it helped you, served you well at the end of the day. I mean, your health is better. You were able to rejuvenate everything and reset, and you did well. Uh, the concept, I love it. I mean, the word nuclear is just, just. I mean, it gives you that that amplitude, right? It's big, uh, but smart idea, and it's it's a, and you're right. Networking is big. You talked about profiling. Now, anybody that from a movie perspective, we've seen profilers, you know, FBI profilers and things, and how they they try to figure out, you know, a person's character and things like that. That's just the big lines. There's more to that work, obviously, but that's that's a big work. But but you're right. You're right. I mean, it does link to marketing, to to you know. Uh, consumers you know and, and and trends and stuff and when you think about like the habits the behaviors all that is exactly that so you used it from one you know type of mode into a different mode and then you create a whole concept behind it and now the concept is out there huge so again chapeau to you man you know that's 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 slick and, and very smart uh, so so let's let's talk about the concept itself the networking piece i mean just let to add it up for our you know uh, uh, clients here, you know, or, or audiences, I would say, uh, my mind is like in the business clients, right? <laughs> Our audiences of viewers and listeners, right? The concept is it has, an, you know, a digital marketing spin. It has a networking spin. So let's, mm -hmm. let's tie that up. Explain to us how it works. Sure. Yeah. So just even from personal experience uh, before talking about deliverables, you know, I, the, the best advice that I got and the best advice that I try to give is, Regardless of where you're at in life, whether you're a business owner, or not a business owner, uh, or you're under, you're in a in a tough season, health issues, finance, whatever that might be, um, finding a mentor is super key, and a mentor who shares or lives the same values that you abide by, not says, but actually lives and shows it, because those two things are different, and then also that mentorship, um, preferably somebody who's already kind of, you know fought a lot of the dragon, so to speak, that you're fighting right now or, or hit a lot of the walls and can prevent you from doing those things as well. And so I sought out and was blessed to have, you know, several mentors in my life who have already done business and, and built and sold companies and those types of things, uh, you know, successfully in their life. And so, so that back to the value of network or networking. And like, that was one of the biggest pieces for me. You've also heard, you know, you know, shamelessly ripping it off, but network defines net worth or there's proximity and power. One of the things that I learned really well, because I lived in the Midwest initially and the population of my state was like 1 million people. It's not a lot. Like there's more people in Denver than in, you know, the entire state that I grew up in. So I was like, maybe I should move <laughs> and, and kind of surround myself with more like-minded individuals who are chasing business, they're performers or achievers or whatever you want to call them. They're just, um, you know, functioning humans that that really want to make an impact or build something. And so I was able to join uh, a group out here um, called EO and basically meet other business owners and more. And then you can kind of mentor each other, or at least at minimum, you have community to kind of walk through these things with. So at a high level, I kind of, I, I carry those uh, methodologies through our business deliverables as well. And so 
every business owner, you know, many have heard of marketing. They've probably heard of acronyms, SEO, SEM, PPC, CRO. There's tons of them. But ultimately, business owners in general are looking to marketers to grow their revenue. That's usually the reason. And so what we try to do is educate preliminarily before we even put money behind traffic, paying for traffic and advertising, let's hurry up and just get out there. We, we try to think through the lens of relationships again. So if you're going on a date, the first time you meet a person, you're not going to say, hey, would you like to get married? You just <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Have a good day. Exactly. <laughs> it's over. But business works the same way, but we yeah. don't like that. We we put out ads. Hey, do you need a roofer? Here, we're a roofer. Buy, buy from us. It's like, that's weird. There's, there's 4,000 other people doing the same thing you are right now. What's going to make you stick out, right? And so we try to walk people through workshops and help them answer those questions. And just a question for the listeners too, if you are a business owner or interested in starting a business, it's kind of like, if I lined you up with 10 other competitors in your space and you only had 10 seconds to tell me why I should choose you instead of everyone else, what would you say? And if the answers are, we've been in business for 15 years and we have five-star rating and it's like, those are really, those are good, but they're generic. Everybody has that. And so what we try to help them realize is like, what problem and pain are you solving for the people that you want to work with? What goals are you helping them reach? Because it's back to humans relationship. Can we speak to those? And if we can put that down in words and we facilitate that entire process, can we give them an offer they can't refuse? Something they'd feel foolish saying no to value, right? Like, can we lead with value? Hey, I know we've just met. We're complete strangers. I think you're trying to solve this problem and you're probably tired of this pain. Let me show you how I can solve that for free or X, Y, and Z. And so that's kind of the, the method in, in which we kind of tie those two worlds together, networking and marketing. And then once we have that messaging down, then we go, you know, um, basically floor it on marketing and driving qualified traffic to to increase revenue. Ooh, that's that's pretty intense. And by the way, I love the the the, the term network, and then net work, <laughs> net worth. You know, network is is really a big deal. It's it's the connections is how you connect with people, how you make it happen, who you work with. A lot of people sometimes don't leverage that, right? They don't leverage that opportunity. And there's plenty of that. Or they use it the wrong way. I mean, let's, you know, <laughs> there's, there's that. Uh, I, the concept that you talked about value, and I love what you said about the, I get, if you have 10 seconds or a minute to actually differentiate yourself from the rest, what would that be? And you're right. Most people will just highlight whatever they think is, you know, appealing versus what makes them different and unique and, and what that, that signature is for the customer and the consumers or the clients for that matter, right? So, so that angle is unique. And I, and I think everybody in business should have that. What is my value? What, is, what makes me different from the rest? And, and you're right. You're not going to be the only it in the market. You know, I mean, for every business, there's at least two or three. I mean, you, you took rideshare, you have Uber, Lyft, and you have Via, and there's there's new one that's called Black Wolf that's coming up, right? <laughs> you know, you, you, you're talking about DoorDash and Grubhub and stuff. So you get one, and then you get like five more that create. And, and this is just a couple of examples, but that's what it is in competition everything. Insurance companies, forget about it. That's my world. We have like, you know, hundreds of them competing, on, you know, in the marketplace. So it it is it is a difficult place, but what makes you? And by, by the way, it's funny that you said that because I used to go to these panel uh, discussions once a year, and you have about 
10 plans literally sitting in front of an audience of social workers and, you know, and, and, and uh, advocates in the healthcare. And you have to present the value, like what's the difference between you versus this? We all go through the benefits and the features of, you know, what we offer, but then there's that question. So what makes you different? Mm-hmm. And that's usually the biggest, you know, the toughest question that everybody has to answer, you know, and, and depending who's presenting, you know, there's, there's always a, a good answer somewhere in there. Uh, but some of them are to your point, they're like, uh, they're cliche. There's like, you know, that, that didn't tell me much about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so thank you. I mean, that's, that's a big thing for anyone that's, that's in business to your point, or even in the corporate world, if you're not really in business, but in the corporate, this is important to understand if you're in a competitive, competitive space and lead in some sort of a department of sales, whatever the case may be. Uh, so Tyler, we're talking business, right? Business is scary. <laughs> you said it yourself, you, you, you started, you know, from, from, you know, a basement opportunity and build the concept. Most people have fear of getting there because when you start, you know, it is hard. I mean, there's, there's a lot of failure that can come with it. Now, I don't believe in the term failure personally, but in everybody knows what that word means. It's just that, you know, you're not doing good or you might just not, you know, continue the, the opportunity and drop it. Right? That happens. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the things that you have, I guess, met in, in with your clients to, you know, that are new businesses or at least people are interested in getting more action? Yeah, there is, there is fear. And I, I think that um, just human nature in and of itself, it's like people typically run towards a goal or they run away from something they're afraid of. And for me, I would love to carry the story of, you know, I built the business out of sheer confidence and totally knew what I was doing. I had health stuff. I didn't have the opportunity to go back to work and work a job and make revenue. I had to make it work, right? So mine was more maybe, you know, born out of survival instinct. And then it kind of, which is a really good motivator. (laughs) So it's like, to your point, if you have to pay bills, you got to pay bills and figure it out. And if you have the work ethic to do that, you'll, you will, right? So with other business owners that we work with, you know, they're at different stages. Some are independent reps, you know, they're selling maybe a product for a company or service. Others have started the organization themselves. Some of them have taken out loans. Like as an example, I never didn't even think about that, didn't take out a loan or go into debt or anything like that. I just winged it. And, and, and if you're in service industry, you know you can do more of that because it's just your time. That's your investment. It's not hard money. Um, but this is, this is one of the biggest reasons we try to help business owners stop and think about that story first, because the, the alternative that I haven't shared on the podcast yet is, and I've seen this a lot, companies burn through marketing agencies like nobody's business. They're like on their seventh agency right now. And it's, it's, I'm going to be, I'm going to use hyperbole and be sarcastic on purpose. So, but it's always the marketing agency's fault. You know, it's, they're, they're just out to get you, et cetera, et cetera. Reality is their websites might not be great. People might not trust them. And one of the interesting things about billboards, radio, digital marketing, anything that you buy online, even standing up in front of a crowd and and talking about what services you sell, you can't force humans to buy. And uh, I can bring them into that crowd. And and if they're interested in what you're selling, I can put them in front of you. I cannot force them to buy. And, you know, if somebody botches the pitch or they have an untrustworthy website or they're charging way too much or they can't answer those questions, what makes you different than everybody else? You know, it, that that might not be a, a market or a traffic issue, right? That's more of a positioning and branding issue. And so 
by leading with that and helping people understand that the moment we meet them, uh, it frankly, it saves them a lot of money and a lot of heartache because they've been told at conferences and more, I just need traffic. I need SEO and drive me traffic, drive me leads. And it's like, we can, you know, but if, if you got a million leads tomorrow and nobody closes, is that really the end result? Is that what you're looking for? Or are you looking for new business? And so um, that's kind of just how we approach whether they're, you know, business owners are just starting or they're sole reps representing a bigger product, uh, you know, or they're, they're Fortune 500 companies that, that are still on their third agency. So. So thank you for, for, for breaking that up because that is a big world right there. I mean, the marketing world is huge, right? And yeah. to your point, you know, any agency can drive the traffic to you and they, they, they know how to do that. The problem to your point is like, is your service the right service? Are you right. going to be able to deliver? Are you able to, able to handle the actual lead volume? I mean, you get, you know, tons of leads. You don't return calls on time. That's gone. If you, you're, you, have, you have the phone call, like you, you even have a tele, the call center, right? And yeah. your your whole time is long, and people are not getting responses, and you're not giving them the pitch right, and and that's the other thing. I mean, there's a percentage. I mean, there's always a ratio of like the close ratio, conversion ratio of leads, right? So there's yeah. all these things, and, and to your point, so there now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there is there is some level of expertise that agencies can uh, highlight themselves versus others, and then mm -hmm. some of them are legit and they really give you the stuff. Sometimes you get some fluff. And then again, I'm, you know, no, you know, right. that. I mean, not every, and by the way, you can't control that. I mean, you, you put, you know, a call to action, people do interact, you know, like sometimes like, let me just see what this is. I might not be interested. And so that's the fluff, you know, and it comes from an ad, you know, it doesn't matter. There's nothing you can do. That comes with the package. Right. Yeah. But I love what you said is like how you narrow things by doing that initial you know, assessment of like really what makes you different. So when you design stuff, it's designable, you know, in a way that is really attractive and it makes sense, right? It does work. So, so, so again, I love what you said because for people that are starting off, you know, any business money can be a problem. And you, you said it, I mean, you right. can burn through different agencies and it costs money. I mean, right. how many agencies are you going to go through, right? right. <laughs> how much money is going to cost you before you actually realize this is not working or is it working, Right. Those are all important things for business owners to actually, you know, highlight. Now, you've created your company. Now, I think you mentioned that you work also with the not-for-profits or non-profits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. What is, I mean, ultimately, the two different worlds. How does that work for you? Yeah, so where that comes from is uh, essentially, initially, the way I was raised. And then, secondly, what I what I believe on my own, right? So it's like... Everybody listening was probably raised a certain way. Maybe you've deviated, maybe you've stayed, maybe you've developed your own ideas. But one of the biggest ideas that I could kind of translate. So I talked about like the mischievous nature and the investigative nature and how I moved from, you know, federal, you know, law enforcement or profiling over to marketing. Well, the same was true. The entire reason I got into federal law enforcement to begin with was to help people. Um, I didn't become a cop. I became a fed. And so that was shortly, you know, not shortly, but I guess, I mean, I, I went directly into the organization that was built, you know, as a result of terrorism. And so it's like, well, maybe I can help keep people safe or, um, you know, that was the initial thought process. And uh, so that that's kind of always been a part of who I am. And again, just thank my parents for that, because some people prioritize loving others, you know, when when you're raised, which I think is a good value to instill. Um, and so 
what I very quickly realized, it's like, I've, I've gone through the ringer, literally hellfire, right? Like building companies and, and, and then having health failure, by the way, even nuclear networking, there were probably maybe like three times I was like, Hey, should I even do this anymore? You know what I mean? Are, are we going to run out of money or like, it's not all great. There is no straight line up. It's up slammed all the way worse than you were before. Get a lucky break, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and then you learn as you go and you, I, I think the key to success is adaptation. It's not even like who's the richest or biggest person in the room. It's like, how quick can you evolve with change? And if you can do that well, and you're persistent, you just don't stop that. That's going to be the, the key to success. Right. So um, yeah, those, those are things that kind of stick out, uh, uh, to me, you know, just in terms of, um, I guess, success markers for, for others listening as well. So be persistent. Don't give up. Yeah. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You may not see it. Mine took two years. <laughs> oh, well, no, well, Tyler, thank you for breaking that down because, because anyone, again, it's a big leap, right? I mean, <laughs> to your point, you said it, you, you did it because you had no choice. I mean, you had right. to, to figure out and. Typically, that's how most successful stories have happened. There's some event, tragic or otherwise, that made you know that that leap for someone. This is it. I'm going to make this happen, and you just duke it out until it happens, right? You make it happen, you know, no matter what. And you, but you have to be persistent, resilient, and and patient because, to your point, it's a lot of ups and downs, and you know, until you get that rhythm and you get to to the nice little pace, mm-hmm. you got to get there first, right? Yeah, and you have to be prepared for that. Our people. Yeah really prepared for that that's usually the, the the question and sometimes they're not ready for the long journey i mean it, it's not a sprint it's a marathon as they say you want to keep at it and you got to keep seeing the little signs like it's happening you know there's 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 always that like it's happening i can do this i can multiply mm-hmm. this and i love what you said about adaptability if you don't yeah. adapt technology i mean in your case it's moving fast i mean you have it ai is. you have this you have that if you're behind, the, you know, you're still on, on, on paper, print, whatever, <laughs> you're not into the, the SEO world and whatever, those, right. those real tech stuff, like the acronyms that you mentioned, we got issues, right? And and so, yep. but there are people still behind on, in, in this world and, and they're still using some traditional stuff, which is fine, mm-hmm. you know, but again, results may vary as they say. <laughs> but yeah. I love the idea that, that there is, you know, an opportunity for everyone. You just have to be consistent and don't give up. So thank you for bringing that to our, you know, folks, because people are, probably like wondering like well you succeeded how long did it take you totally you know, when, when you say 10 years i mean it's all great but like what, uh-huh. what was the first couple of years like right oh yeah not <laughs> not good and and one of the pieces like back to that it's like some people they're gonna have different levels of persistence and more and that back to nonprofit is what do you know most nonprofits exist just to serve others and they may not have, again, the business acumen, the marketing acumen. They may not know all of the new tech, this, that, and the other. They're relying with their hands out on people to write checks to help keep those missions going. And so that's kind of where that stuck to me. I'm like, geez, like not only is being a business owner hard, running a nonprofit can be even more difficult because you don't even have a product that guarantees revenue. Like you're literally panhandling, hoping that people care about your mission as much as you do. And so you know, in or outside of nuclear, more on an advisory role, you know, I all sit on boards and help them kind of come through finance, new marketing and positioning and ways to start self-generating revenue versus just, you know, operating with their hands out and helping, you know, helping the visionaries who founded those companies who are stuck wearing like 38 other hats and they're really stressed, but they can't give up. Like sometimes business owners, business owners out there, independent contractors, 
we'll get this. But sometimes when you build a business, it feels like you build a prison because <laughs> you're like, oh, I can't quit. Like this is now this is really my only source of income, but I can't get out. I can't train anybody. And and if you're a nonprofit owner, it's even worse because not only do you feel those things, like now you have this sense of guilt that you're letting everyone else down that your nonprofit serves. And so this is kind of what I've, this is more of, again, philanthropic, not related to nuclear. I use nuclear networking as a vehicle to help them market and do these things, but that's just more of a, a personal passion as well. Well, that is a, that is powerful and, 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 and really honorable as a, you know, you, I love what you said. You got into the federal, you know, program because you want to do the right thing and help people right? and, and really help lives. And you're doing that now in a different aspect of it. And then, again, that's important. I mean, it is always important to have a good mission with your work, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And you have yeah, that's, part, that's part of the value, right? And, and giving back is important. I mean, yes, you have your own success, but you're also taking some of that expertise and helping others kind of mm-hmm. you know, get through the motions. Because you, to your point, I mean, not-for-profit is is really difficult. You always mm-hmm. you, know, you rely on grants and funding and stuff. And how do you, you know, and to your point, I mean, you kind of have to, most people think oh, you're not for profit. You don't have staff. You usually, you get some volunteers, but you get, you do have some basic, you know, elements that need to actually run the operation and those cost you know, money and you need right. to be able to generate enough of it. So now, now you are an AI builder. Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah. Uh, that's through, yeah. Nuclear networking. Uh, my old business partner, we basically developed a platform to, automate a lot of on-site SEO and uh, build backlinks. We, so that's important. Now, now let's talk about backlinks. That's, that's probably one of the hottest things that you need to have in order for you to have traffic to your site, right? <laughs> so here's a disclaimer on that. Cause some SEO is going to listen to this and uh, try to try to knock me down a little, but uh, here's general truths. Core ranking factors or factors that Google or search engines deem the most important change at every given time. But traditionally, it's three steps. And so I'll just give this to everybody, even if you're not a marketer, because people are probably like, what's backlinks? You know, some people out there, which is fine. So if you, if you look, you know, we're talking about SEO, search engine optimization here. If your website is a home, content are the bedrooms, the living room, the den. This is where people come into your home, your website, and they learn about who you are. They engage with you. Content is crawlable, which basically fancy term for Google sees who you are, what you're saying about yourself, etc. So you have a website, you have a home, you have content, you have room. So content is one ranking factor. Another ranking factor is on-site SEO or technical SEO, which is a fancy term for before you invite people over, is your house clean? <laughs> like, <laughs> is your, right? Is your home well optimized? Are you going to pass inspection by Google? Or is your site loading slow? Nothing's optimized. Bots have no idea what you want to do. So that's the second ranking factor. Are you going to pass inspection? Are you algorithmically compliant, right? The third piece that's a major ranking factor is link building. So we call that offsite SEO. These are things that this is the equivalent of building roads to the home that you have so people can actually find you and you show up online. So if you only do two out of the three of those things, if I only did on-site SEO and link building, but no content, I may not rank well. If I only did content and on-site SEO, I may not rank well. So that's why all those things are important. But to your point, and the reason that we created uh, an AI or machine learning platform to help automate a lot of this is because it's one of the most monotonous things um, if done well 
in the SEO world. You have to cold call, cold email. Hey, can we put a link on your website? I know you have no idea what a link is or who I am, but can I pay you to, you know, it's just, a, it's a nightmare. So we've basically automated all that uh, in our, in our space. I think you've given the most, you know, simplified version of <laughs> what those things are really. <laughs> I love the analogy. <laughs> it's it's very yeah. clear picture to people. Now, now, and I love again. You talked about that adaptability, and you did. I mean, you create this automation because it makes like you know lives. Now, now, you you talked about all these things. If you don't rank well because you're missing one or the other of those three components, uh, do you assist companies also in potentially getting their house cleaned and and and, and structured properly? <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. We you know everything. <laughs> full service again. The whole, the whole thing, start to finish. Yeah, content creation, keyword optimized content. Um, we train them on how to use natural language processing, chat GTP4 for content inspiration and generation. And yeah, it's 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 the whole thing. <laughs> so. right. Oh, no, that's that's important because uh, people are going to be like, well, they want to use your service. They just need to make sure that, that they're, you, you do all that because I think that's important. Now, now you're also an investor. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the power investing. You know, how important is that? Um, well, so here, here's a couple, uh, themes that I, I want to make sure come through. Started my company because I was in survival mode, right? And it happened to align with my values, which I think gives you that extra push during hard times because you want to do something that you believe in. So there's that investing. We all lived through 2020. Anybody listening to me right now likely has when I, when I grew this organization, and put my literally blood, sweat, and tears into it, lack of sleep and more. And then you lose 40% of your clients overnight, you start thinking a little differently. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that I, I, you know, I what I want to take away from what I want listeners to take away is you don't just invest because generally you're supposed to be a successful person and invest. For me, sometimes you know, like in law enforcement, you ask someone to do something, then you tell them, and then you make them. I have to be made. <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> that. <a> good one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a fun way to learn. Maybe somebody else out there can uh, give me a shout out. You maybe you're the same, but for some reason, sometimes in life, I don't get things right away, and I got to be smacked across the head before I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And so for me, I was like, maybe I should diversify. You know, maybe, and by the way, I'm not, you know, multimillionaire at that point or anything like that, but it's like, I, I have some expendable income. What do I do with this? You should put it in a different pot, not just everything digital marketing, because if internet fails or pandemic number, whatever happens or fill in the blank, it, it's it's wise to have your bets, you know? <laughs> and so, so I started investing in real estate and, um, and fortunately, you know, I back to network, Find people who you know. If you say, oh, I don't know anything about investing in real estate, there's no way I could come up with that much money. Maybe you're right on all accounts. But if you meet people who are already doing it, give them a hundred bucks, <laughs> give them a thousand bucks, whatever they're willing to take. Like, look, I'm already doing the real estate investing. Go ahead and give me this much money and I'll do it for you. Here's what that's going to buy you. That's going to buy you free education because now those people, they're, they're, they want to help. Most people want to help. And uh, they'll they'll teach you about real estate investing, and they'll teach you what that looks like, and and now you can actually park some of your money in these different businesses, and so that's kind of how I got started. The organization, the private equity firm that bought uh, Nuclear Networking, is a it's actually a real estate group, 
And so now they've diversified and they own a lot of different companies, but I've been blessed to be able to just literally put myself in front of other people who invest. And, and that's probably the quickest way to learn because your other alternatives are what watch YouTube or wing it in the stock market. Right. So it's uh, that was my experience and that's kind of, it, it's just been growing since, you know, I, I invest in companies, real estate, and now I invest in things that I like as well that I know because I, I have SEO tools, I have marketing tools. I could tell you right now how many people are looking for what you sell for free. I'm like, here's how many people in your area, 14,000 people a month. In these areas, there's no competitors. If we grew this in this area, you could win and get all the, you know, get all the business. And so um, those are, if those companies meet that criteria, I will invest in those as well and sometimes do the marketing for them. Wow. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> but, but again, I, I love what you said about the concept of diversifying your portfolio, right? Because you're right. Uh, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's an old saying. And, you know, it makes sense to actually do that. The more, because one fails, you got a few other back, you know, backup plans, right? Continuously, right. as opposed to just, you know, plan A is the only thing you have and then it's gone, it's done and it's over with you. So that's not mm-hmm. important. That's not a very cool way to, to, to do things. So again, important yeah. piece for our audiences. Now, the Inc. 500 company, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. program, how, how was was that ranking for you? How did that work? Yeah. So Inc. Yeah. So just, just for the listeners too. So there's uh Inc. 5000, right. Which is about American entrepreneurs. Uh, you can basically apply. And what the Inc. 500 is, is if you rank, so there's five, you know, 5,000, if you rank in the top 5% in the nation on that list, you're now in the Inc. 500. And so after growing this organization for three plus years, uh, losing track of time. Um, essentially, I was told like, hey, have you ever thought like you guys have been growing rapidly three to five years? Have you ever thought about applying for the Inc. 5000 list? So anyone can apply. Uh, you do have to pay for it. And you're not guaranteed to win at all because you're going against other businesses. And what I really took away was the the two ways that they kind of judge whether you win or not. First and foremost is financial growth. That's 100% what the Inc. 5000 list is. So if you've grown, I think uh, I got the magazine over here, but um, the, the guy who's on the front page grew like 9,000% year over year. Ooh. It's just ridiculous. Like, Sweet. Nah, this um, one is what it is. Yeah. Healthy companies grow 20% to put that in perspective. So it's like, that's pretty intense. Um, so he was definitely number one. Um, but yeah, we were, we were ranked, you know, number four or 48 or something like that. And we had grown somewhere in the 800 to 900% range year over year for a certain sprint. And, you know, and they do qualified earnings reports, their own version. So what that means is they don't take my word for it. I'm not filling out. They contact your accounting firm. They look at your P&Ls. They're signing NDAs and they're making sure you are who you say you are. And uh, second, you know, is the story. Like, who are you? What's your story? What's your background? What have you done? And and if if you win... Uh, then you get published in that magazine and you get to put the little badge on your signature everywhere you go from here on out and talk about it on podcasts. So well, listen, that's an awesome, you know, <laughs> that's an achievement, man. That's big. Yeah. And, yeah. And something to be proud of. Like, you know, many are, right? I mean, listen, there's, there's everything you have to be proud of. I mean, the whole story, the whole journey, it's all success. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we can inspire all our audiences today to, to do the same one. And also for people that might need help, to reach out to you and, and and get the help that they need 
to get them to the next stage. So hopefully they get their Inc. 500, you know, as well. I mean, hey, yeah. that's what it is, right? We, we, we got to get there. Uh, now, you, I think you mentioned something about selling the business. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let's talk about that because, you know, some people, we hear this all the time. You know, you get into a business, you go in enough, and then you sell it. I mean, I think uh, many of the big companies were sold over and over. And when they started small, they get, you know, sold to somebody that takes it to the next level. How does that work? Is that worth it? Is that important? It's very important. So I don't build or invest in any companies anymore unless I know what the exit plan is. And so to put this in perspective and to kind of hyper simplify this, because there's a lot of terminology for people who don't know the space. I didn't either. I had to go through it. I honestly, and what go through it looks like is I built a company and I'm like, I think I could sell this. Uh, And then I hired an M&A firm, which stands for mergers and acquisitions. They're basically professional you know, groups of investment bankers and PE and more, or they have a network of, of people who like to buy companies, right? And I had to pay them like 30 grand. <laughs> and so you pay them $30,000 and they comb through your books and they, they make your business, you know, um, sellable on a marketing packet. And so I'm learning all these things and I'm learning, uh, you know, a lot of the language like EBITDA and, you know, what multipliers, and so to put this in perspective, if you went to sell your home tomorrow, what they would do is they'd pull comps. They'd look at other homes in the area, how much are those worth? And so that's kind of what yours is worth. And then if you have, you know, brand new kitchen and brand new bathrooms, maybe Get it's it better. Yeah. More. yeah. So business selling a business is similar. If you work in marketing or services, uh, they'll essentially pull comps and say, well, what multiples are you trading at in your market? What are companies like yours selling at? And instead of selling at a specific, you know, 400,000 or whatever it is, they actually just apply a multiplier to your net value. So in practice, that looks like maybe you sell for three times your adjusted EBITDA to reduce it from fancy language, three times your adjusted net profit. So if I'm making a hundred bucks a year, my company would be worth $300. (laughs) So, So that's important because unlike... Everything else in life, if you have a Sam's Club membership or, or Costco membership, you would think if you buy more of something in bulk, you would get a cheaper cost per unit. In business, it's almost the opposite. Uh, not always, but but more than more than not. So when they see a small business that screams high risk, right? Because if I lose 10 clients once I buy your company, you know, that company could go out of business. And so what they're looking for is. What I learned very quickly is if your company's small, you're going to get a small multiplier. If your company's over 10 million, you're going to get a way bigger multiplier because you're less risky to buy. So you learn all these, for one, you learn the lingo. Uh, and then two, you start kind of packaging these things together. And then I, what, what I really was told is like, wow, so I could sell my marketing company for five to six X multiples on EBITDA, five to six times my adjusted net profit. So what I'm doing now, anytime that I start building a company, I'm like, how, how fast can I grow this thing? So I happen to know that you, you want something like two years of finances. You want to show, you can't just grow a company in a week and then sell it the next day. They're going to be like, dude, you've been open for a week. But if you're past two years, it's decent. You'll qualify for SBA and loans and other things. So now you're kind of in the picture, you're sellable. And so I don't think about the short term how much money am I going to make right this second in the next two years? I'm thinking like, I need to grow this thing as big as I can. So in two years time, I can sell it for six years of return. 
right? And so it's kind of a way to buy time back. And so if you go work at a job, you're only making X amount per salary per year in perpetuity. Hopefully, you know, some of the salespeople out there, you might be on commissions and that gets really fun. Um, but for me, I'm like, well, I could work at a job or I could create one, but now I'm not worried about my salary. I need to pay bills. And, and maybe we make some profits each year. I'll, we'll take some of that. But really, I'm sprinting towards that sale because then I get seven times what I make a year all at once. And so anybody building a company, I was told this, and it's a little dark, but you will exit your company somehow. You will either sell it, you'll go bankrupt, or you'll get hit by a bus. But you will exit at some point. <laughs> you will, because we're not going to live forever. And you're not going to. That is forever. a fact. That is a fact. But, but, but yeah. it, it, it is an. It, thank, thank you for for being as blunt as you. That was. It's it's the reality of things. I mean, you have to have a plan. Exit strategy for you for right. your business. Whether it's going to be inherited by your next kin, whatever <laughs> you know, that could be yeah. the case too. I mean, some people do. Um, but but it is typical now. A lot of people start the business, and I hear this more and more that. You know, they do it, they mature it enough to a point where it's sellable and then just cash it out and then they do another one, they do multiples. And they mm -hmm. just end that business of building small business and then reselling them basically, like almost, yeah. you know, uh, secondary market, if you want to call it that way, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, and that that's that's a plot that works. And, and to your point, if you were generating enough multipliers in, in, in a bigger number than you would make, you know, in the next five years, then it's worth the the effort, and you know you're going to multi. If you did it once, you can do it twice. I mean, you can duplicate, right. you know, any business, right? Yep. Uh, to change the name, change the colors, the logo, and now you can restart another one, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, 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 thank you for for breaking that that to to our audience. That's important. Now, again, we're coming to the end of the, the hour. I mean, uh, you know, it went quick. I don't know how, but it, it worked. But it's a lot of it was packed. I mean, you've given us so much stuff that really for business, you know, minds. And for people that want to get into business and learn about some real experiences from your your thriving and successful CEO, and uh, you have a lot to offer here, and we are all learning, um, myself included. Now, now let's talk about your current you know company and services. Uh, how can people reach out to you, and uh, you know what's what's that look like if someone wants to reach out to you and work with you? Sure. Yeah. And, and I'd even extend it, even if you don't want to work with me, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I like meeting uh, entrepreneurs, achievers. We're, we're weird. We're built different. You know, we want to build things and have a big impact in some way. So you can uh, reach out to me at, you know, hello at nuclearnetworking.com. Um, I'd also suggest, you know, try to follow me on LinkedIn. I'm doing a lot of things all at once. I will give you a caveat. I, I don't really check my LinkedIn inbox. I know that's bad, but I get I get blown up like 150 times a day with spam. So I, I would, get those emails better, you know, but uh, LinkedIn, at least you'll be able to follow me around and what I'm doing. So. All right. Well, so again, now, now uh, what are you looking for a specific type of clients or anybody that wants to basically grow the business? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say um, organization. So we've worked, I mean, we've, you know, some of the bigger clients, obviously brother Chipotle, you know, we've worked with a lot of those Pepsi and, and more, but clients that where we can make the biggest and quickest impact actually tend to be um, under 20 million in size. And those clients also tend to benefit from a local geography or, or, or have a localized um, client base. So what that means is, I mean, that's kind of uh, ambiguous, but you know, that could either be somebody like running a med spa who who serves 
their greater city, somebody selling products. Maybe you sell products nationwide. Awesome. Uh, Do you have enough money to actually beat everybody nationally? Probably not. Maybe not. That's a little bit more difficult. So do local geographies benefit from your product or service? And if the answer is yes, those are companies that we do do the best and quickest work for. Awesome clarification. That's important. And you know what? You and I, we should be talking, you know, by, you know, after the show, because in, in my world, we do always look for agencies that can help, you know, some of the growth. And so maybe there's that opportunity uh, that we can definitely do more <laughs> beyond the, the, the show today. And I do have also like, you know, different guests that I talk to and, you know, I've created th- these networking, you know, platforms where people can actually mingle. But the idea is that some people can use the services as well and in their businesses. So we we definitely can do that, and again, audiences out there, if you're a small business or you're you're you you see the the the, pick, the perfect description of who you need to be to actually benefit quickly, and uh, you can get the adjustments, and Tyler and team can make it work. <laughs> all right, well, Tyler, it was it's been real, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for all the great uh, info and uh, insights here. Uh, I again, it's it's great, and uh, you know, it was it was powerful. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. So there you have it, folks. Hope you had fun. You enjoyed. You learned a few things. And definitely, you know, check out, you know, follow Tyler on LinkedIn and do check out his website and see, you know, how the company can benefit you and uh, get you to the next level and get your ink 500, you know, level as well. That being said, American H. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show on the topic. Bye for now. Thank you.